Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to the expanded Inside Sources. Great to be with you for the next two hours from 1 to 3 every day on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, and as we have been following. Uh, throughout the day today here on KSL News Radio, the First Lady of the United States, uh, Jill Biden, will be uh, touching down uh, shortly. We expect in the next uh, 14 or 15 minutes or so, she'll be touching down and working her way through. We'll cover all of that uh, as it breaks, as it happens here on KSL News Radio. So stay with us. But we're going to begin where we always begin this program uh, because it is time for all of us to dig a little deeper, think a little bigger, challenge our assumptions a little stronger, and when we need to, disagree a little bit better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So one of the areas that we want to stay with today and have a little deeper conversation about, uh, of course, the headline of the day, what we think we know in the news, had to do with Facebook uh, upholding the ban on President, former President Donald Trump uh, off of their pages. And we want to go a little deeper on that to see exactly what that means and what comes next. Uh, pleased to be joined now by ABC News' uh, Elizabeth Schulze. Uh, Elizabeth, thanks for jumping on the line with us today. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. So let's start by just uh, breaking down what did happen today as it relates to the ban by Facebook of the former president. Yeah, so this was essentially this oversight board. What is a board charged with making decisions on behalf of Facebook? It's an independent board, supposedly. And they have upheld the ban on former President Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts. So that means as of now, those pages are not active. The board said that Facebook was right to suspend Trump's accounts, saying that he had created an environment uh, that risked serious violence in the wake of the January 6th Capitol attack. But then it also said that Facebook was wrong to put this indefinite ban in place, which essentially kind of punted this decision back to the company. And the board says Facebook now has six months to decide if this is a permanent ban or a permanent suspension, and if not, how long it should last. So a lot of questions here about whether Trump, the Facebook now will decide to actually reinstate Trump's account. But also, of course, this is just reigniting the debate here in Washington and, and nationwide about how much power these big tech companies have when it comes to control over free speech. Yeah, let's let's start there in Washington, D.C., Elizabeth, and uh, from your perspective, uh, I, I could almost hear the uh, questions being written by the <laughs> Judiciary <laughs> Committee for the leaders of the big tech companies. Uh, what do you expect to see coming out of uh, Congress in the coming weeks? Yeah, pretty much already what you would expect. A lot of Republican lawmakers are blasting this decision to keep former President Trump's account suspended. They are calling to break up big tech. They say that these companies have too much power, that they are censoring voices. These are all lines that we've heard here in hearings in Washington. And amid this kind of broader effort 
too, look at the, the power of these big tech companies. Notably, you know, some most Democrats, a lot of Democrats have come out and said that they support the decision to keep Trump off of the platforms because they say that he was a threat. Uh, especially after the Capitol attack. But there's also some opposition to the companies from Democrats, too. This isn't a totally partisan issue. For example, Senator Elizabeth Warren said Facebook is a disinformation for-profit machine, and all this does is reinforce the need for regulators to rein in big tech. So really reigniting the debate here about what needs to be done, and, and especially since this oversight board was created and is funded by Facebook and the fact that they are sort of charged to be this independent body to make this decision. And what they've really done here is kick the decision back over to Facebook. There are questions about really how successful that is going to be in in, in arbitrating some decisions like this. Yeah, this is almost a, an alternate universe in many ways. You've got Republicans <laughs> calling for regulate more regulation, more government oversight, <laughs> uh, breaking down of, of free enterprise. And uh, again, it, it's such a mixed bag, uh, both left and right, as, as you pointed out, Elizabeth. Uh, I think there's one other thing. We're going to try to explore this a little later on in the program, and that is what how does this all play out if the former president decides to run for president again in 2024? Uh, does this then become an FEC issue in terms of federal elections uh, and uh, people's right to be heard in a in a national campaign? Uh, any uh, tea leaves you can see uh, on the horizon there? Yeah, well, that's a great point, because we do know that there is a lot of kind of legal groundwork being laid over some of these bans. That's something that the president has alluded to, in addition to him sort of also trying to create this alternate platform where he can get his voices out, his message out. The reality is that they want, you know, candidates, whether it's the former president or anyone else, have come to rely so heavily on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, he that Trump has 35 million followers on Facebook, that to try to run a campaign without those is is not very possible these days. So great question and great point that likely if he does run again, which we're all wondering here, so if that will happen, how that would affect, you know, if, if this ban would be able to stay in place. But probably there's going to be more challenges to the ban before that anyways. Yeah, and there's also the, uh, again, I think these will probably come out in uh, some of the hearings. You you have a, uh, uh, the, the power thing, are, are you targeting conservatives? Are you targeting liberal mm. voices? You know, how does that play out? Uh, so you have that power component. But then you also have this business model uh, for these companies that made a lot of money off of uh, clicks and uh, likes and all of those things uh, during the course of President Trump's administration. And now where does that play in? Uh, so you sort of have the power money uh, piece coming into play as well. How do you see that uh, coming up uh, in the uh, hearings in the days ahead? Yeah, well, we've heard from a lot of these companies, and Facebook maybe has been the most vocal, saying they want more regulation because they say they're struggling to regulate themselves. And this oversight board is kind of the case in point of that. This has been called Facebook's own Supreme Court, and, and whether it has any you know standing compared to the actual regulators and enforcers, you know, that's really the question now after this decision. So Facebook and them, they've kind of lobbied to say we want more regulation, but obviously they want that to be on their own terms. They don't want to have to pay users for their data, which is something that's being proposed here in Washington. They don't want to have to have fines for some of the violations that they've had, whether it's antitrust or privacy or security. So obviously, you know, we've seen this effort to try to say we're open to creating rules 
but we don't want them to harm our business models too much. And that's what, what Congress is struggling with, uh, you know, on, on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. I, I think we have not heard the uh, the last of this. Uh, we're we're going to stay with this. We're, 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 we're trying to follow the uh, the Einstein model of not being any smarter, but just staying with the question a little bit longer uh, and moving that. But Elizabeth Schulze, we appreciate you from ABC News helping us break that down and get beyond just the headlines in terms of what this actually means. Thanks for joining us today. Great to be here. Thanks so much. All right. And we are going to stay with the question when we come back from commercial break. Uh, We're going to go a little deeper to see if there are some things we should think again about as it relates to what happened with Facebook today and what it means for each of us individually in the future. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.